we're on. Yeah, no, but I just said I'm not saying anything until Brittany. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Give I, me to the end of the podcast and then I'll do the the outro. Are you going to get fantastic? All right. No, okay. Well, that Brittany, I'm going to hold you to that. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Super Deluxe Games Cast. It is Thursday. What is it? January 26th. Uh, tonight, Dead Space drops. Uh, I'm very, very Fuck, excited about that... this. God. This, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's tomorrow, man uh dead space it's been getting fucking outstanding reviews uh how could dead it space, not the original dead space is one of the is one of the all-time horror greats along with dead space 2 and this just made apparently what was already a, a very good game even better uh so very very excited about that guys uh it's been kind of a um how do we say uh kind of a depressing week uh, it's been a depressing the, uh, couple of weeks, and we've managed yeah. to avoid a lot of it because we had, um, well, we had our game of the year show, and then what was before that? That uh, before that, we talked about video games. Yeah, we just had a light show because we had the interview. Yeah, 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 yeah. We talked about video games, and then before that, we talked about video games. And then, if memory serves, <laughs> the week before that, we talked about video games. I was waiting for it. I was fucking waiting for it. I was like, you, so you just described the whole fucking podcast? I like, hate you're just you gonna, so much. You're just like going to sum it up to that? And, and somehow, and, and somewhere in between, we, we interviewed uh, Ben Starr, who, of course, is the voice I need of to message him. I miss Clive him. Rossfield in, uh, in Final Fantasy VI. It's so weird that we can just like, hey, I can message this guy. Like well, it's, I, 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 I have that. It I don't abuse that power because it's too much. Hey, I talk to him all the time. But um, guys, I hope everybody's doing okay tonight. Uh, again, it has been a kind of a kind of a depressing week uh, in terms of you know layoffs and stuff like that. And we're going to get into all of this. Uh, we have a guest tonight. Ryan Easby is back all the way from the UK. What's up, buddy? Yeah, what's up? Uh, I mean, not much other than everything's gone to hell the last few weeks. But yeah, we'll but video that. games, though, am I right? Yeah, they're great. I've been I've not Sometimes. played anything that's came out in the last ten years in the last two weeks. No, I no, I video games are shit. That that was the answer I'm looking for. Shit. Video games are terrible. Um, no, it's good to have you back with us, um, guys. We're gonna start uh, as we always do by talking about what we've been playing this week. Um, and uh, I've actually got something substantial to talk about, so I will I will wait. Uh, Derek, why don't you go first? Our producer, um, I mean, I've got, right hand. I've got a couple things I've been playing. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, you sure as hell do. First and foremost, probably most relevant, is uh, I have been playing Forspoken. I have you should beaten... have said first and Forspoken. And Shut it the was fuck a missed up. opportunity. Uh, it was. You, you missed the fuck out. Um, John is just snapping him yeah, tonight. He's actually on one, uh, on, on one positive tonight. Um, I have beaten Forspoken. Uh, we got a code a day Ooh. early from Square Enix, so thank you to Square for the opportunity, uh, uh, calling out that that we were uh, given a code on PlayStation Five. Um, I we need to set up a time to record the actual Forspoken review. My opinion on this game has changed so much over the course of like from starting it to getting through the very lengthy, like, on-rails intro. Yeah, that's what I heard. To getting, like, into the meat of the game, to getting to the ending stretch. Um, my opinions have changed drastically 
from point to point to point, like beginning to middle to end. And yet, at what's so wild is at every point, if you put a gun to my head and made me like give a number to this game, which is not the way I do things. I don't like review scores. Uh, we don't do like numbered scores here on SDGC. But if you made me, I'd do like a seven at each point, but for drastically different reasons, uh, which is wild to me. Is, I... it worth, is it worth the $70 that they're asking for? So there's a lot of people who don't think any game is worth $70, <laughs> and I'm simply not here to argue that. Um, if if people are not happy about the increase in prices for next-gen or current-gen, I guess I should say, games, um, I, in the end, liked Forspoken. Um, I think it is an interesting game that is doing a lot of interesting things with its combat. Uh, I think it has the best traversal I've played in a like big open game, uh, aside from like Spider-Man, which like Spider-Man's better, but that's it, it, like how do you do better than Spider-Man? Um, it's it's messy as a game, right? And to me, I think what what clicked for me somewhere as I was getting moving from the halfway point to like the the ending stretch is I realized this game's messy in almost the exact same way Final Fantasy XV is messy. Um, oh, what a coincidence. Right, right, and Luminous Productions, right? Um, it is actually, f it's frustrating to me how much people are dunking on Forspoken, like, who, who are not playing it, who have no interest in playing it, um, and are kind of, like, jumping on the mimetic hatred of the game. And to me... There is nothing bad I can say about Forspoken that I would not also criticize Final Fantasy XV for as a game that people broadly love. But um, like, like, can we give a shout out to them having a female protagonist and not killing yeah. her at the very beginning of the game? I like Frey. I like Frey. Um, that is not to say that she's done perfectly, right? The, the, the writing is uneven, but... I like Frey as a character. It is nice to have a female protagonist and a ton, like almost the whole cast is women um, when you get right down to it, other than like one dude. Because um, it's Frey. There's your bestie, Alanis Morissette, that you meet when you go into the fantasy Wait, world. Yes. Thank Wait, you. Really? She looks, yeah, she, looks she just, just like looks Alanis just Morissette. like 90s Alanis that. Morissette. Uh, her name is. That. Her name is Alden. There is the cuff. The cuff is a dude. Um, there's so there's two dudes, but there's there's them. There's um, the archivist. There's the judge you meet in in the beginning. There's the four auntie witches that rule the the world. Um, is there a mom wife? No. Okay. No. That's good because that's that's my position. So if I played that game, I'd be a little threatened. But um, but yeah, Forspoken is an interesting game to me, and I think. That, in a funny way, I was dead on with the Dragon's Dogma comparisons um, for reasons I did not expect. I thought it was going to be like Dragon's Dogma in that, like, it's going to punch above its weight class with, like, some aspects of the combat. Some of these mechanics are just going to be interesting enough that it, it finds like people who are going to call it a cult favorite, even if a bunch of people broadly are not that into it. Um, I'd just like to yeah. say that Final Fantasy 15 is a perfect video game and I will not hear slander. Well, there's uh, we've got Despite some issues with 15. you have to read a book 
to get yeah. everything out of it. It's not perfect. Um, there's definitely some fair criticisms, but like it's I a game it. that is struck close to a lot of people's hearts despite being messy. And I think Forspoken is going to be the same way. And actually, Forspoken improves on a lot of issues I have with Final Fantasy 15. So like, you know, I don't know. I actually think it's a better game than 15. In, You're in, selling me. It, while being directly comparable in a lot of ways. Um, what... Like I said, we'll talk more about this when we do an actual review uh, in the next couple of days and get more in detail. But Forspoken, Forspoken has been interesting. Um, And then I've also played like a tiny bit of Fire Emblem Emblem Engage. It's great. Horny Chess is back, motherfuckers. Um, I'm getting it. That's all I needed. That's the only confirmation I needed. It's a great game to play. It is probably my favorite Fire Emblem to play. Uh, since Awakening or maybe earlier. Um, it's probably, I'm probably going to end up liking it more than Awakening from a mechanical standpoint. Um, map and mission design is is better and more complex. I like what they're doing with the mechanics, with the class systems. The whole, like, you know, ring giving you a partner is really interesting. I know there's going to be people, people who are upset you can't do the, the Barbie doll playhouse thing and, like, make them kith. But, like, there's still romance for the main character, and the game's still deeply horny. Like you're, you meet your mom in Fire Emblem All Engage. Right. Your that mom is, is like not what I was expecting you to in follow the first, up with. Hang on, in the when first, you- in the first, like, in, in like the first or second mission, and there's nothing going on. Like the game doesn't make like your character have like a weird thing for the mom, but the camera does because it introduces mommy, and it's just like a lingering shot on the tits. Um, like this is a deeply horny anime game. There's no way around that. But that's Fire Emblem. That's how Fire Emblem's always been. Though. That's a, that's a... Moms can be hot. What are you fucking talking about? No, I mean introducing a character with her tits, Derek. I'm probably exaggerating, but that's how it feels like in retrospect. You are definitely exaggerating that one. Okay, well... I'm, I'm going to Google this and I'm going to find There out. is a solid two-second shot of Dragon Mommy's chest. Um, but... You know, like I said, it's horny chess. It's good. Um, if you're a weeaboo, you're going to love it. Ta-da. Um, I'm not a weeaboo, and I love it. Well, you should be. I don't understand how you're not. Oh, he's not uh, long. That, that's, just, that's just her chest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But. I'm actually really interested for Brit to pick this up, because it'll be Brit's first <laughs> Fire Emblem. Um, it is going to be, yeah. And, like, I think you're going to really love the game, but I also think, like, I'm going to be fascinated to hear a lot of your opinions on like what works and what is shitty about Fire Emblem because that's just ha- the franchise, right? Like, yeah, I really well, want to talk to you about this game. So, so it's interesting. So Zach, we were talking about it last weekend and I was like, you know, I really want to get Fire Emblem. And he was like, you know, what? I have two. I just haven't had an excuse to get it. He was like, why don't we get it? And then you can play it first and then I can play it. And I was like, cool. And he was like, but don't you, it's like a strategic like battle game aren't you not into that? And I was like, no. And he was like, why do you want to play it? And I was like, you can date in it. I was like, and I want to see the characters. I want to, I want to, I want to feel the thirst. And he was like, I don't know why I asked. Fire Emblem's really approachable as far as like a strategy RPG goes. Um, I'm not a fan of RTSs whatsoever, but it's I it's not real time. It's turn-based for what it's worth. It it's turn-based. Well, it's turn-based. That, that battle system anyway. Um, yeah. I will give it a shot. Yeah. And if I don't like it, at least I can have somebody to pass the game on over to. Yeah. So what I'll say, and I guess I'll just, this is, I get, Derek, unless you have something else you want to talk about. 
Um, no, I've just been playing more StarCraft Mass Recall, and it continues to be good, but it's fucking hard, so. <laughs> that uh Well, I guess, um, I- I'll-, I'll jump in here, because I am going to talk, I am, what's that, Derek? Nothing. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy, did I cut you off? No, I'm sipping my alcohol. Okay, what are you drinking, by the way? It's rum and sparkling cider. Ooh. I love that. That's king Sorry shit right there. 100% a king. Mm-hmm. We love it. Royalty mm-hmm. bitches. That's right. <laughs> so I, ha- I have been playing quite a bit of Fire Emblem Engage uh, this week. It's uh, I've been ba- kind of bouncing back and forth between that and Final Fantasy XIV of all things, which I rarely play. Uh, but Fire Emblem Engage... Um, I, I So right off the bat, I'm a longtime Fire Emblem fan, right? Like I, I've been... Uh, I've been playing Fire Fire Emblem. Since, What's your favorite uh, Fire Emblem game? Gotta know. Uh, well, before this, it was either Awakening or Conquest. Okay. Um, but granted, I'm only like on up to chapter ten. But from a from like a pure gameplay standpoint, like this is the best implementation of the turn-based tactical system present in Fire Emblem. Did that you I've play seen. Radiant Dawn on the Wii? On the Wii, no, no. Okay. I didn't play Radiant Dawn. I'm a I'm a huge fucking sicko for Radiant Dawn. Well, in Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn, the Ike games, but um, I'm I'm gonna be chasing that high forever. So I, this they're is, never I gonna mean, be brave enough to give me a fucking uh himbo hunk protagonist who in canon uh has a a, a goth dragon twink boyfriend. So am I right in saying that? Awaken the the fact that Awakening did that well is the only reason we kept Fire Emblem in the West. Yes, if Awakening hadn't done yeah, as well as it had, the, it the franchise would be dead. It would be um, dead. Friend, Awakening is what really. I just I just want another another canon gay protagonist like Ike, but we can't. So, but no, Fire Emblem Engage from a tactical standpoint, in my opinion, is the best the franchise has been in over a decade. Um. I will say that I the uh, the character design of the main character, be it you know male or female, uh, uh, not it, it takes it takes some getting used to. It's grown on me, I um, think. It's like no, it, it's actually grown about on Fire me. Emblem still. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't like the hair color. It's the Switch Joy Cons. Like, it's, I don't it, know. It doesn't mean it's you know, a good like, thing, and they're not mine because I have the animal crossings. <laughs> like it's, it's Derek's you know, just done. Definitely... He's like, I'm not bantering. This is my fucking opinion. Y'all can take it or leave it. It, <laughs> it definitely took Love some getting used to, but but I, I I don't mind it now. Um, I think it's I, it's not bad. Um, excuse me. Uh, I will say that if you were a big fan of the relationship options and the focus on you know building relationships among your army in three houses that's kind of gone uh, obviously you can still um you can still you know get to know members of your army better you can still you know give them gifts and you know have a meal with them and and build rapport you're just not going to find the level of depth in a relationship that you could in three houses uh and one thing that uh one thing that engage does so much better well a couple things actually that engage does better so far than three houses is one it looks and runs so much better um, th- I mean, let's face it, no matter how much you love Three Houses, that was a, that to me was one of the worst looking Fire Emblem games, not from a character art standpoint, because it was so drab and brown and there there was no color. Uh, it ran they added like anti-aliasing this time. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing how that helps. Um, I like Three Houses, but like, 
it was drab. Like, I, I mean, they were going early Switch game has aged particularly well, other than yeah. maybe Odyssey. Even Breath of the Wild doesn't run at like twenty FPS. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, like you know, regardless of all that, um, you know, Fire oh, Emblem Engage. Fire Emblem Engage uh, looks and runs fantastic. It's so much more color. Like, I actually pulled up screens of Engage right next to ones from Three Houses, and, like, it is stark just how much, not just from a visual standpoint, like, like yes, the you know, the graphics are better, but also it's so much more colorful, uh, especially on that on that Switch OLED. It, it looks great. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll never play the game. The only thing I'll say about it is, is John, just on that topic, it's like I watched the Digital Foundry video, and it, I couldn't believe, uh, I, I didn't pay much attention to these games. I didn't realize how bad Three Houses looked. Like, again, not artistically necessarily, just like, you know, low resolution, like just very basic. Yeah. And like, it does make a difference in the game when the world isn't like as detailed. And just the comparisons they were shown between this one, they were really impressed too. But like, there's just so much more life. Like there's more, there's more, like the buildings have way more detail. There's background scenery, yes. like just the environments that you spend all that time, like battling and stuff like that are just way more convincing. Like it's it's shocking honestly given that it's like the same console and it's just a couple years later so i'm i'm really impressed with the improvements they made so am i um and uh, another thing i really like better than three houses is i don't like having to play the same game three times in a row to to get the 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 full grasp of the story you played um, live alive six times Right, but I like Live Alive. I, I, you know, like I, I, I <laughs> to be would fair, rather... Live Alive is 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 a, a group of is is Live Alive is an anthology. Yeah, right. and Fire Emblem Three Houses is a game where the first half is the same for all four campaigns. Yes. Oh, so and, it's near. And, yeah. It, it, well, no, not. I mean, no. So near. Depend like near the first half of that drastic. second run is that, like yeah, identical. That, but going but through near route like, B is rough. But 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 after that shit gets drastically different. In three houses, like more than half the game, everything is the same up until the you know kind of up until the second, depending on which house you doesn't pick. matter. Only in one this, route has Claude. Yeah. Um. But in this, you can there's there's one storyline that you go through, you play, and I considering the Fire Emblem games are big and meaty. Like you could easily put 250, 300 hours into three houses to see the actual entire game. And I'm not all about that. So I, I love uh, that. I, I don't have to do that again in, in fire emblem engage. Um, uh, I'm just, a, I'm a huge fan and uh, I, it's, I really enjoy it so far and uh, it, it turned out uh, even better than I could have hoped. Uh, so hopefully, um, hopefully they will continue on this trajectory for the fire emblem games. Um, and speaking of tactical games, like I would love to play Advance Wars one and two uh, re uh, reboot camp. Um, if you can release Fire Emblem, why can't you release Advance Wars? It's it's you know, come on Nintendo, this is fucking stupid. Uh, of course, I've also been playing Final Fantasy fourteen, just grinding those uh, Manderville gold saucer points to try to get my blackjack mount, and I'm not even halfway there. And it's a long, arduous process. Uh, if you know anything about grinding MGP in the gold saucer, it's not. Jeff, Jeff, have, have you have you grinded MGP for long periods of time? No, I, I'm not big on grinding. I I got I dabbled in gold saucer and I got a feel for the progression of the MGP and looked at how much the stuff costs and I was like, I'm out. It, but eventually, it, well, there will be there will be the item that gets me to do it. If the item well, is good enough and I want it bad enough uh i i might i might cave so we'll see 
I, I, I mean, start doing it now because, man, the MGP grind is, uh, is, is fucking brutal, dude. Uh, all right, so that's that's what I got going this week. Um, Britt, how about you? No, let's go to Jeff. I want to okay, hear Jeff. Jeff's been playing. Uh, Jeff, how about you? Ties in nicely with John, I guess. Um, trying to think, not at. Uh, I, I've been playing lots of games, mostly, uh, mostly Final Fantasy fourteen. Actually, I'll just quickly say I wrapped up. Uh, I think last because it's been a couple weeks. I wrapped up um, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, and yeah, really good game. Um, I, I think like both this and Miles Morales were a little, just a little buggier and unpolished than I'm I'm used to from Insomniac. But I'm gonna give them a pass because they were both kind of like height of COVID, um, new gen. Uh, games and stuff like that um but yeah it was like a really nice throwback to like a ps2 era style uh it was nice to just play like a simple game again there wasn't like a thousand skill trees like everyone knows i'm just sick of like i wasn't scavenging crafting i didn't have like 500 like codex pages and stuff to go like it's just it's just a basic Don't play ass game i just <laughs> yeah i know i'm I'm learning uh, again this is why I, I steer away from a lot of like modern AAA action games but um yeah it was a nice palette cleanser um and what else uh, just really quickly, uh, Goldeneye just dropped about an hour ago on Switch and Xbox, so I played about 30 minutes. Uh, so on Xbox, I didn't realize this till recently, actually. it's um, Technically, it's a free update for Rare Replay, and if you have an Xbox and don't own Rare Replay, I don't know what you're doing or why you have, because that's like one of the best collections of games um, out there if you're a fan of As we all learned at the charity stream, N64 games have aged like a fine wine, so it's some of the best Banjo ones are, are, on there, but... are in this I'll collection. Drink to oh, that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's going to be people who haven't played it in like 20 years that are are disappointed. I know what it is. I've played the perfect arc that's on re replay and this, I was happy to see. So I guess the switch version did not get updated modern controls. Um, this one seems to play just like perfect dark. What it does. So you, I mean, you still have the weird Z targeting or, uh, with like the crosshair and stuff that's just inherent to these N64 rare shooters, but yeah, it's like the halo style, you know, like the right stick camera left. Stick. It, it feels um surprisingly good it's definitely not 60 fps at least on series s it's it's not 30 it's like 30 to 60 all over the place constantly but it looks really sharp and i mean it is what it is it's we all played it at 10 fps on the n64 so i'm not going to complain too much about that i do so, wonder if because because the xbox version doesn't have online multiplayer the switch version does and I, I wonder i do wonder what deal was struck there because according to the composer, the music's different as well. So, so something's happened in the remastering process to. Well, the Switch version is, is straight up missing instruments and in, like in the music mm -hmm. tracks. I don't know if y'all have heard, but the uh, the classic like gong noise is missing from the uh, the start screen, like pause music, Unforgivable. which is heartbreaking. Yeah. So um, sorry, I, that's the Last of Us too, Britt. I just I put something <laughs> in the Discord chat that's really uh, really funny. And then um, yeah, it's, oh sorry, John. No, no, something? Jeff, go ahead. No, well, I was sure. just gonna say that I don't know if you saw this or not, but GoldenEye mm -hmm. sixty four on Nintendo Switch Online is the first game on NSO that you can uh, get rid of those uh, that Nintendo UI on either side of the screen. Impressive. But does it oh. run well online? Because yeah. no Nintendo game does. Let Let me tell you about Let's me and, no. and Brit, me and Brit and Rar playing Mario Party online at like two frames per second. <laughs> it would just straight up freeze during the middle of a mini game. The only way we were able fucking to tolerate rough. it is because we were fucking drunk. Oh, any other time, trashed. <laughs> oh, any other time, I would have been like, "Fuck this! Let's go do something else." 
but so... we were drunk, so we powered through it. And <laughs> to nobody's surprise, I lost. Um, <laughs> so there's that. You know, stuck around for no fucking reason. Um. So yeah, uh, Goldeneye, good. I'm I'm probably gonna play through the campaign. Uh, uh but the bulk of what I've been playing. Uh, which will, you know, this is off topic for this podcast. This is Final Fantasy fourteen, good old Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, I played so through. Good. I haven't really touched it since shortly after Endwalker because that's how I like to play this game. Uh, I'm really bad with like my memory, so if I play the story content as it comes out, like four months later, I've like forgotten it all and I have to refresh it. So I'd rather just like do a big story refresh and then play like a few patches worth of stuff at the time. So I played six point one to six point three absolutely love where the main story is going uh the new character zero is fucking awesome you know i'm not she's big... the best zero except the the hat thing i can't help but think milady every time she but milady. <laughs> but she is she so good and i milady me all she wants i i hope she sticks around i've been i like the a lot of the women in 14 but i think uh i mean we spent a lot of time with alizé but i really liked uh Yuguri from um like kind of post and pre uh, uh sorry stormblood um but she kind of just disappeared and they haven't seemed to do much with her lately uh like lady iceheart is sale not really around moan brita like a lot of the women characters that i fall in love with in the game either for one reason or another don't seem to stick around like the cast is still predominantly male and zero's like a really good uh just like a strong character with a lot of potential um in terms of like her interactions and the the difference with which um she sees the world from everyone else so i'm uh, i won't give any spoilers away but yeah i'm really excited to see where that's going and shout out to john uh i was i was item level gated on the last trial i needed to finish the main story quests at 595 and, and john came through crafting me a new weapon so hey look uh, i am always willing to help a friend okay all you gotta do jeff's like uh can i pay you for the mats i'm like no like it's, no you may not so that, that's my next topic so yeah i mean i'm not i'm not big on grinding gear but i i started island sanctuary which is wonderful but i just i fucking discovered housing so the story behind this is i didn't even think about housing for the three years i've been playing the game because all i hear about is what a nightmare it is how expensive it is i was like i'm never even going to be able to like get anywhere near this i'm not going to touch and I just happened to find out that you can actually buy an apartment, which is a lot cheaper that's, and more readily available. That's what I have, Jeff. That's yeah. what I, I have an apartment. I did Jeff, not let's know be roomies. Jeff, let's be Final Fantasy roomies. I did not know apartments existed, and I like sold all my furnishing shit that I've got a long time ago because I was like, I'm never going to use this. So now I had to go and buy a lot of stuff back because like I can't just buy an apartment and not furnish it. Um, and then, in typical me fashion, because I'm just a fucking idiot and don't ever understand like the systems in games. For some reason, I made it up in my head that all the housing stuff is only available on the market board. So I paid like 60,000 oh. per item on the market board and cleaned myself. I have like 50,000 gil left. I was I was at like almost 2 million. I have no money. I am. I will do horrible things for money in 14. So <laughs> I, I will send you, you know what? Same. No shame, Jeff. <laughs> no, no shame. Send, uh, Jeff, but Jeff, Jeff, yeah. move into my apartment. Can you I put an extra bed in there? Yes, no, no, we put an extra bed in there. You, Those apartments dude, aren't move, that big. I need my space, John. Roomies. I need... No, no, I, you can have the whole corner. Like This really corner. just sounds like real life at this point. <laughs> dude, let's be Final Fantasy roomies. Hey, okay. Nick, what's up in chat, buddy? Hey, tell you what, dude, I'll, I'll bring over... He's basement, I'll, folk. You can have him. I'll bring over a toothbrush. I'll bring over some spare clothes, and you can give me a little drawer in your, in your yeah, apartment. Dude, yeah, dude, yeah, dude, we'll go out. We'll we'll, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll paint the town red. Like, like, let's be Final Fantasy 14 roomies, buddy. Uh, wait, which district are you in? 
Uh, which fuck, city? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> I love this for you. Nerds. John's apartment is covered in dust. He has not been there. Collusia. <laughs> Collusia. Collusia. Okay. That's where I'm at. Okay. That's where all I'm right, at. Right. I don't know why I forgot that. Um, but we are, we're, we're roommates now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And uh, other lot. than that, I'm just, uh, uh, well, I guess the last thing is I got, um, I get very frustrated, I guess, because I was playing through the main story stuff. And it really bothers me when I feel like I'm losing. I, I like to really be I'm, I play this game mostly for the story. So I like want to know everything that's going on. And I was feeling a little fuzzy. So first things I grabbed uh, the Encyclopedia Eorzea volume one and two tons of really good awesome looking book dude uh they're great books they're super detailed but the great the thing i love is they not only cover most of like the main bits from 1.0 which i never played i didn't play till realm reborn but they've got a lot of detail and background and it's written pretty well on like um kind of everything even pre 1.0 like the first six astral areas or astral arrows all the calamities and things like that um and there's just tons of detailed stuff on like individual characters it's got like the whole you know realm reborn main story recap and it goes all the first volume goes all the way up to the end of uh heaven's ward so i'm actually replaying heaven's ward as well because i forgot how good um this expansion is because uh, they've got new game plus for all the main campaigns in the game and yeah just this is my game i'm settling into um uh, <laughs> it's a, there is a free trial uh but yeah it's it's nice <laughs> Absolutely. I'm gonna be... where's cj cj if you're listening you can play final fantasy 14 for free up to level 60 and it includes the heaven's word expansion good news cj is not fucking listening i want to believe is. that somewhere out there he just had a moment where he was like derek is listening someone's derek trying to get listening. me to play 14 <laughs> Derek, I'm trying to get you to play 14. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. Yo, that sounded oh, sultry, yes, John. So hey, look, that, I'll do what that's I got to do. Let's hear from someone else. That's what I've been playing. Jeff, are we like seriously roommates now? Because I'll log on after the podcast. Well, no, like I'm on the podcast. I haven't done anything. No, I mean, like I, after the podcast, oh. I will. We let's log on. And I can show you around your new digs. I got a bar. But I, we can't actually be roommates, can we? No, no, I don't know why he's like trying to push this on you. It's it's not a roommate system in Final Fantasy. No, no, because no, because you just want me to come over and have a beer. No, 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 no. I can give you you permissions to my apartment to come in wherever you want. It's basically like giving you a key. But he can't decorate. Man, what? Who gives a shit? That's what he wants to do. do He gives a shit. Man, whatever. Ryan, what are you playing? <laughs> Not Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, <laughs> uh, get him off the call. Get him off. Uh, I've been playing three different games, and they're so totally different that it's going to sound like I'm shit posting. <laughs> um, I've been replaying Super Mario World, which is still the best Mario game ever made. It's the best platform ever made for sure. Oh, it's so good. I've been playing. I finished the main story without the main story. I finished the main game, and I just downloaded a ton of the more difficult ROM hacks. So I've just been sitting on my Steam Deck just in, in like 10 minutes at a time just trying to beat a level and failing. Um, I've replayed for something I'm working on. Yes. I replayed Sorry, Kingdom Hearts. I, I, play, I played Kingdom Hearts 1 again for something I'm working on. And that's still... <laughs> That's still an incredible. That's still an incredible, incredible RPG. Okay, I pulled- can, can, Ryan. Can I point something out real quick about what you just said? So you just said you're playing Kingdom Hearts, like the first one, right? Yes. You're, you're right. All right. So 
anybody who criticizes the dialogue in Forspoken, but yet says like Kingdom Hearts is the fucking most well-written game ever. <laughs> they don't have a leg like, to stand on. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Anyway, please. Kingdom Hearts is incredibly badly written, but I won't hear a bad word against it. It's like watching my son get punched. If what was that line? <laughs> what was that line? Like which really? one? It was, it's in Kingdom yeah. Hearts two, and Riku and Sora are sitting on the beach, and Riku's oh, like, "There's Riku so many." Like, no, and and Riku says some shit like, um, he says some shit like, you know, the best thing about being me is that I get you as a friend or some yeah, shit it, like that. And and I remember like, like I'm going to use like, that on this podcast sometimes. I I like that's generally what he's saying. I'm like I'm not quoting verbatim here, but but like I and I love Kingdom Hearts. I like threw down my controller and stormed out of the room. I was like, fuck that. I was like, no. Uh, What's I've, wrong with a good bromance, John? <laughs> They, they're gay! They are clearly gay! There was no way, there's no heterosexual explanation for their relationship. I'm gonna let them figure that out, alright? I'm not gonna put labels on them. That's for them to decide. Until uh, then, they are bros. I finished the first game, plus the Phantomics content, and I honestly think that people who say, oh, Kingdom Hearts 2 is so much better, it's way better, they are wrong! Kingdom Hearts no, 1 is right. as good. Kingdom Hearts 1 is mm. as good as Kingdom Hearts 2. The combat isn't mm. quite there, but the story is way mm. better. Mainly because the Kingdom Hearts 2 story without another game is incomprehensible. The Kingdom Hearts 1 story is incomprehensible. That's much easier to understand. Um, it's an evil dude, you go and kill him. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 2, if you don't play the deep game by game. I've also been playing, uh, and this is directly influenced by HBO. Uh, the Last of Us for the first time. I want All the right. show the made me want to go back and play this time? also. Wow. I've never saw... Like, the Last of Us on PS3 came out when I was 13 years old. So, yeah. I... I... Yeah. I just never played it. Then we Remastered came out when I, was, when I was 14, and I just never played it. And now it's 2023. Uh, I've got a lot of spare time all of a sudden. And I can't afford the uh, Last of Us Part 1, like the new one. But on uh, PS Plus, we mastered us then. I was like, I've got some spare time. I'll give it a go. And I think I'm halfway through. And I can't believe I waited 10 years to play this. It's, I can't, it's Neither can I, because that game is fucking awesome. It's so good. Like, that game is every, awesome. Every beat the HBO show's done so far has been done better in the game somehow. And I'm, I, don't, I don't understand it. Like, on a fundamental level, I don't understand how, how two, like, two completely disparate mediums can be so similar in the way they portray it, and yet one can do it so much better. So I think so, this is why, so, like, um, sorry not to cut you off, Brian, but no, I think this is why, like, when I when I get like an adaptation of something, I like it to like bring something new to the table. And it's not to say like we're doing a podcast on the last two series, and it's very well made, but like it's taking a cinematic, like very story driven game and translating it into a cinematic story driven TV show, and it's basically just recreating everything. But like inevitably the when like the original is so good it's like the same thing as these disney remakes it, obviously the last of us hbo was a lot better but like it's just you know especially for people who played the game like it's just a, a different performance a different take on it but so much of it is so much the same like inevitably it's hard to recapture that but it's interesting to see someone like you who's who's playing the game like alongside the show for the first time and still say that like you prefer a lot of the the beats in the game beats work so much better i think because I feel like I have a hand in it. It's not like it's got branching narratives or anything. This isn't a this isn't a Bioware game, but I feel like I have a hand in everything I do. Whereas mm -hmm. I don't know, that feels kind of missing. 
when I'm watching this show. But I, I also prefer my adaptations to be not one-to-one, but to be close to the originals while adding things. I don't... I mean, the Mario Bros. movie, the original, that is just too far the other way for me. Where yeah. it, just, it just jumps the shark. But something like the Sonic movie, where it adds stuff, but it is, it is just Sonic. He just, just reminded me of that interview that Bob Hoskins did when he was talking about Mario. And they were like, what was your experience playing Mario? He doesn't remember in, it. The, in, in the Mario movie. And he was like, he was like, I'm looking at this thinking I used to play King Lear. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, The Last of Us, uh, really good so far. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm having fun. <laughs> Wait, what have you been playing? <laughs> I have been playing um, a Space for the Unbound, which is a little indie game that we got a code for. What kind of um, game is this, Brit? <clears throat> it's basically just like a little slice of life game. Ooh, um, yeah. But it takes place in Indonesia, which is really cool. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, and it's a game that deals with depression and anxiety. Um and just mental health issues and real like real life issues. Um, beautiful pixel a, art too. There's a beautiful fucking pixel art. Um, Ooh, I've, it's I've got nineties. Yeah, it's got nineties pixel art. It's um, it's really good. Uh, Reb just recently tweeted about it. Um, she said that it is you know the ending has made her cry for an hour straight, and I'm fully expecting that because I almost bawled at the beginning of the game. Um, it's just a really it's like slice of life and you think it's fun. And then you just hit these moments where you're like, Oh, okay. Like that's something that's happening. I imagine um, it hits. How does it hit harder? If you've gone through that stuff yourself, I imagine. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and not to say that's like dismissive of anybody who hasn't had, you know, anxiety or depression issues. Um, but I think it's, um, it's like a seven hour game. So it really just kind of it's a it's a good amount. Um, and once again, we received a code for this, so I'm going to go into more detail about it um, once we record our after hours for it or our review for it. Um, but it is. It deals with issues, but it doesn't like heavily put it on you, right? Like some games do that really bad where they try to deal with like anxiety and depression and it's just too much to the point where you're not even enjoying it because it's just. You know, this game is really cute about it. Like, there's cats. You go around and name the cats. Um, I'm listening. Yes. <laughs> what, did you, what did you name the cats, Brit? Well, there's, like, a bunch of them. And, like, there's a JoJo Bazaar's adventure reference. What's that? Um, it's an anime. How do you not... Never mind. What's, a, what, what's an anime? <laughs> anyway, so it's just a really... Like, I'm so thankful that we got this code um, because I... I was really interested in it because I was looking for games to pick for my fantasy critic. Um, and this one came up and it's basically based on 90s pixel art. So I was like, oh, this looks really fun. It looks like a little slice of life. Um, and it's based in Indonesia. Like, I want to support games that, um, you know, take place outside of the norm. Um, so I actually, Finn is our P- PR guy. We love Finn. Finn is we wonderful. Do, we do love Finn. That's he is wonderful. Um, I asked him if he'd reach out to the the creators, which are um, the developer is Mojikin, and the publishers are Toge Produ- Productions and Chorus Worldwide. 
and we were able to get a code um the day it launched so i had i had streamed the first day and then i knew that wasn't going to be a game that i wanted to fully commit to streaming because it was going to have some hard themes and i just kind of wanted to enjoy that for myself uh considering how awful my last year was um so that's what i've been doing i've just been taking it slow going through it at my own pace um and i'm still playing overwatch occasionally fortnite in my downtime and i've also been um just questing in wow as well for the new expansion which has been fun um it's uh i committed to doing this once my friend passed and i knew that they were going to um uh release this expansion and because he's the one that initially got me into wow and everything and i know he would have been 100 percent about this expansion so i had committed to um playing it and just trying to like honor his memory that way so i've just been going through that and playing wow awesome nice that's well, what i'm playing yeah brit i am brit i i think that's really admirable Thank you. Uh, it's hard for me to talk about uh, because one, he's gone, no longer here anymore. And two, um, you know, I've been so openly public about Blizzard and the harassment suits and, you know, not wanting to support them. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I just have to do something for me. Yep. Um, and if other people are going to judge me for that, then that is their prerogative. That's, you know, they can do it if they want. But um, I'm enjoying myself and uh, it's good to think about him in a way that's not sad and that I can just remember him by. So do you, not, I, I've got a question. Um, yeah, yeah. Do, do you think it, you know, not related to wow. Um, do you guys think that the sequel to a space for the unbound will be called a space for the bound, a BDSM tale? Okay, I hope no. so. <laughs> I hope so. The so, sequel to that... this game is just going to be I was a teenage exocolonist that came out last year. So, I mean, yeah. it's 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 a game about teenagers, so maybe maybe aged up a little bit. Yeah, you know, you know? like tw- twenty one and up, you know, <laughs> something like that. But uh, by the way, Britt, I just I just saw what you put in the uh, Discord chat there. <laughs> Shout out to CJ, Derek. You need more wine already? No, well, he needs more bourbon rum and cider. Yeah, rum and cider. Oh, that's bad. right. That's what you're drinking. That's right. Sorry. My brain, like, blocked <laughs> that shit out fucking immediately when you said it. Um, I eat love shit, you, Derek. John. I will not eat shit, Derek. I won't. I won't. I was going to make a, a mean comment about somebody's cooking, but the thing is, is I can't because everybody on this podcast is, like, a great fucking cook. So, I, like, I literally... That like, or like, they've, I, they've managed to hide uh, this yeah. thing. So. Like, Brit made... The best fucking cookies, yeah. This cookies for Christmas shit, and mailed them out to everyone on the podcast. And I still fucking think about I had those to like, I had to like, like steal the the container back from my wife, who was like, I make really good cookies. Office. That's like, I, ate, I will brag about that to the day I die. I make really I good ate, cookies. I ate like eighty percent of the chocolate chip cookies, and Vicky got so pissed because there was like she four, should. There was like four left, and she was like, hey, uh, save two of those for me, okay? I was like, you got it. You got it. And then like at one o'clock in the morning, I just, walk, I just woke up and like walked downstairs and ate the fuck out of the rest of the cookies. And then like went back upstairs and went to bed, back to bed. The next day, I got home from work. She was like, what the fuck, John? She was like, what the fuck? And I was like, look, I can't, I can't deny who I am. 
Which is funny because my least favorite batch that came out was the chocolate chip cookies. uh, They were fucking great. They They didn't rise uh, how they they were supposed to. And and, but but like, Britt, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like she was like, why didn't you eat them in front of me? You fucking coward. Are you a coward? I was like, yes, I am a coward. (laughs) I was like, I am absolutely a coward. That's why I did it at one in the morning. Oh, I love Vicky like, so much. I, I, I was like, but you know what? Check this shit out. I set a fucking alarm. I set a fucking alarm for one o'clock in the morning called Eat the Cookies. Did, did you it. really? Yes. You're such an asshole. <laughs> I'm going to send Vicky just an entire batch of chocolate chip and you can't have any. You think for fucking one second I'm not taking that shit to work. Oh, I'm going to tell her to hide it. She works at home. You have to leave. You literally just... I, I, Brit, what do I do for a living? I, I can find shit. I'll find fucking whatever I have to. Okay? Especially with cookies. cookies. John's really I incriminating will. himself live on the internet right I now. I will. I will. I will. I am literally a private investigator. Okay? And I'm not really a private investigator. But I will find the fucking cookies. That's I'll what a private investigator thing. would say. They don't. <laughs> Derek, what's our topic tonight, bud? Okay, we got a couple. Um cookies neither's good news unfortunately and neither is necessarily like super new but since we've had two weeks of not really talking about news um we we collected what we thought were were notable things to to talk about that are in line with the sort of topics that we cover here at sdgc um so first off let's actually start with ubisoft um because that happened first so let's hit these in chronological order that will soothe uh, my brain gremlins. Ubisoft uh, released their, they had their uh, investors call, uh, this is like two weeks ago at this point, maybe a little more um, than that. Two, five, it, was, yeah, it was two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah something like that. And um, it, it turns out Ubisoft's not doing very good. Not uh, at all. Their 2022 sales were like dramatically bad um and they they canceled several unannounced games they delayed skull and bones again the sixth never releasing it has to they are legally obligated the the talk was that they were legally obligated to release it in that specific window last year and it's been delayed twice since then so i don't i don't know i think they have to have negotiated they took money from like a government. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, we know it's wrong. It's not it's, the wasn't government. It, no. It's it, a wasn't government. It, it Singapore? It was I, Singapore. Check. Yes. I think it was the government of Singapore that invested in it. Um, I could be wrong, but anyway, like that, um, they cut like hundreds of millions of dollars in costs. Um, holy shit. No they, wonder. I want to say they announced layoffs uh some some amount of layoffs uh and what's fucking incredible is Eve's Gimo sent out a uh a message to the employees and to the rest of the company basically going all like we've got to tighten our belts and and you all are going to have to fucking bootstrap up <laughs> no, no, no. Make you got to give me a corporate Derek voice yeah <laughs> yeah do it let's let's hear I it, can't let's I'm not the- I'm not corporate and here's the problem is I don't have a do it in french I don't have a good french accent which is <laughs> oh, funny I- don't believe given, that for a second. Given do that it, I am heavily just do, French. Just do Monty but... Python and the Holy Grail French. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> All you have to do is talk like this. <laughs> um, I'm just reading here. There's no way. There's, there's no wonder. 
they've got no money because apparently Skull and Bones has cost them up to $150 million yeah, we'll, to make. We'll, we'll fucking get into that. But um, anyway, yeah, Eve's Gimo is like, hey, this this is this is bad and uh, things are going to keep getting worse unless y'all do your jobs right. That's an overly, overly strict and unkind reading of his words. But... <laughs> People who worked at Ubisoft were not very happy about that email, were not very happy at the implication being that it had anything to do with the quality of the work from the devs. And the thing is, I'm inclined to agree with them because let's look at Ubisoft's actual output over the last few years what did they release last we'll get into that okay but i think i'm thinking the volume released of one they, game. they started Sparks delaying a lot of games beginning uh, after breakpoint underperformed they Do overhauled think- a bunch they they basically said um because this was a common criticism that so far had just been like the niche online circles where it was like oh a lot of ubisoft games are very similar haha but like they were still selling like shitloads but- and then breakpoint came out and that was when they actually saw like oh fuck this game tanked so now these complaints were actually translating into their financials. Because that's they, how it goes. Is is yeah. a lot of times you, when you are hearing complaints, it's a over and over again. It's a leading indicator that something takes is wrong. Time for yeah. that stuff to impact, but when it hits, it fucking hits hard. Do you think so this they, is why they've just announced six different Assassin's Creed games? Because they are probably because it's because Assassin's Creed is almost one of their only consistent money mm-hmm. makers. It's, it's all they've got at this point. Like Prince of Persia. We don't know if that's even releasing. Valhalla was their best-selling Assassin's Creed, I think. In 2022, I'm going to list everything they released in 2022. Let's see. Okay. On on systems. So there was uh, Rainbow Six Extraction, which is a spinoff of Rainbow Six Siege. That was Game Game Pass. Pass. Yeah. Yeah, but um, like the problem is, it's kind of competing against Rainbow Six. Like, and it's also been kind of pushed as being a lesser product than Rainbow Six Siege. Like, the community's not moving on, um, because it's just not what they're looking for. But like, that's a game. Uh, we've got a collection of ports of Assassin's Creed games, uh, to various platforms. Fucking Trivial Pursuit, Roller Champions. Remember that? Not shut down. Oh, almost immediately, right? Yeah, wasn't it killed like a wee months later? There's no wonder they're bleeding money if this is what they're doing. So, yeah. it's, so that was a free-to-play Switch game that I think got ported to other systems, but like okay, it disappeared, right? Um, because it was never like a serious product in the grand scheme of things. Um, We're gonna Rocksmith just dance. Rocksmith, yeah, Just Dance, which has not been performing uh, for the last few years. Rocksmith Plus, which is cool, but is a niche. Like, that's a service. That's not really a game. That is, a, that is they have transitioned that away from gaming and more into, like, it's also been, education software. It's been eight years since the last Rocksmith game. Yeah, well, that's the point with, like, Rocksmith Plus is more of, like, a service. Right. Of like it's it's more of like a music learning service than it is a game at this point. Mm. The only only thing they really released in 2022 that would that would most people would consider like a big this is something that they spent money on that they might have made money on in <laughs> kind would be Mario and Rabbids. And that didn't and make money. <laughs> we heard well, we heard that it underperformed expectations. I don't know that that's the same as it not making money. Um, if, uh... We don't really know sales numbers on Mario and Rabbids and we don't know um 
really what what they were expecting. I can fully believe that Mario and Rabbids did fine, but yeah. didn't. But it, but it yeah, didn't oh, carry the right. entire fucking company so, through 2022 uh, the way they wanted. Can, Mario but, Rabbids the first one sold a lot of copies. Like mm -hmm. uh, yeah, in, I, in, I, I guarantee you. I guarantee you this did too. The problem is that Ubisoft is like this is going to be a 20 million. Like they probably had completely ridiculous fucking sales projections for yeah. this, and, I, and it didn't. And it didn't meet them. Which can, can I jump yeah. in real quick, Derek? Where yeah. were you? Yeah. Um, just because I, I really want to jump off this. So uh, so here, I just want to throw out another example, and then I'm going to throw something out there. So uh, in the 12 months between November of 2016 and 2017, here is what Ubisoft released. Watch Dogs 2, Assassin's Creed, the Ezio Collection, Steep, For Honor, Just Dance, Ghost Recon Wildlands, Star Trek Bridge Crew, Mario Rick Rabbids 1, um, and Assassin's Creed Origins, South Park, The Fractured But Whole, Just Dance 2018. Now, whatever your taste in games, those games all did quite well. They were all generally very critically it's a lot of well big received. Names. I mean, it's a lot of big names, and that's in 12 months. What is the difference? I'm going to throw this out there that around the time their performance and quality of their games started to deteriorate was when we really started to hear problems with the work culture and harassment and bullying and a toxic workplace. And there is a lot of studies out there that prove that employees that are happy and content and treated well not only work faster and work better, but produce better quality work. We know so, that that's not got better. And it, even if you look forward to the next year of Ubisoft releases, there's three games. There's Skull and Bones, there's Assassin's Creed Mirage, and there's the new Avatar game, if that releases this year. So yeah. something's got to give over there. It's 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 like a combination of things. I think it's it's definitely true that they had a mass exodus of talent, um, and we know th we were hearing reports that they were struggling to bring people in to replace the people that were leaving because it was it was I mean it it had blown up what the work culture was like in there, and you don't you don't sign up for the sexual assault factory like that's just not what people fucking do. So there's that. I think there's also just a certain amount of, of Ubisoft has been broadly mismanaged for a while. And and like you kind of pointed out, Jeff, a lot of things take their time to actually hit. They were releasing a lot of very samey games built, big samey games that were built on sort of the same basic foundation and structure. Um, oftentimes you had things like Far Cry and Assassin's Creed getting a new game every single year for a good stretch. How um, did Far Cry stopped... 6 sell? Did it sell well? It had to do okay. But Wh like, Which one is that? Which one? Far Cry 6 uh, is the one with... Uh, with Giancarlo Spazito. I, yeah. I wonder the impression that the Far Cry games had, had been going down in sales uh, with every Five movies. sold like, like bonkers. Five sold did crazy it? good. Yeah, did but here's the question. Did it sell at full price? Because Ubisoft games... constantly on sale. Ubisoft games dropped to 40 bucks in like two months, right? Like if that, so like that's, that's part of the problem is a lot of these games are getting their prices slashed right, right out the gate. And then you've got a lot of these big releases that have been consistently mismanaged. You've got skull and bones. How many years has skull and bones oh, been delayed over and over again? Skull and Bones has been reset in development at least three times. From what we've heard from the reports from inside the company, 
people keep coming, new directors keep coming on and just starting the game again. Yeah, and, and at no point times. has the game had an identity that really seems like it, like, at no point has that seemed like a game that people would actually care that much about based on what they've shown us. I we, still don't even, like, what is this? Like, what is it? Like, Sea of Thieves, but Ubisoft? Like, well, you, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it so started it's with Thieves, but worse. You can't get off your boat. And it's it's it, it's the idea from Assassin's Creed Black Flag that that whole, every, the boat stuff did so well. People loved it. And they wanted to make a game out of that. They just waited 10 years before they did it. Yeah. They like, wanted a big a multiplayer, anymore. the boat stuff from the Assassin's Creed games that had boat stuff. Um, you have stuff like Beyond Good and Evil 2. That's right, which Beyond Good and Evil Two has how many times has that been? It's been in development. Started. That game doesn't Sorry. exist. Yeah, it's been in development as long, and it's been in development longer than Duke Nukem Forever at this stage. That the gap between announcement and eventual release is now bigger than Duke Nukem Forever. And the You're scope never play of it. the scope of what this game was supposed to be at the times where they have actually spoken about it is insane. Like Wait, Ubisoft hey, Joseph, keeps. The, yes, uh, Beyond Good and Evil Two. Yeah, Beyond oh, okay. Good and Evil 2. Ubisoft has, has, I think they've kind of strip-mined a lot of their games into being things where, you know, people just didn't need to buy into a lot of this stuff. Uh, they've lost a lot of talent, and they've got a lot of big, ex they've got multiple big expensive projects that have been burning holes in their wallets forever with but the Star no Wars income. license, like, we've got the Star Wars license, like, that must have cost us what thought you. And that's not coming out for a few years, whatever the making. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like, it's just a tremendously mismanaged company where there's almost nothing of note coming. Yeah, like I mean, Delby the, says, how do we make Beyond Good and Evil two a service the, game that has nothing to do with the original the, game? Like, like the, that, it goes back to like the thing I was trying to get at, which is, um, you know, I, I, there there might be some problems beyond. Uh, like you said, like with the, the homogeneity of, of a lot of their games, but in general, I really do believe that if they fix their company and fix their culture, it will help them hire good people, good workers, smart people good who Andy actually want to work there, who will then in turn be motivated and, um, happy and content and the games will just get better. It starts there. So to hear Eve's fucking say like, um, oh, make better games when he has not done shit in like three or four years to improve the company. Uh, like, yeah, that's it's kind of, it's on you, buddy. It's on the people at the top to create an environment, uh, you know, and I'm sure there's tools issues, too. I'm sure there's communications issues, create an environment where people can work together easily uh, and aren't pressured and are happy and aren't crunching all the time, which I'm sure is still happening there. You think it's uh, too late at this point? And, Jeff, though? And, yeah. Yeah. But I, I think that's the first piece, and I really believe when you get all that in place, the rest will come. The games, the, the creativity will reemerge, the new fresh ideas um, in the games, and, and allow them to breathe. I, I think, I think it all flows from that. And until they yeah. do that, I just I don't do, see it changing. Well, and that do comes you think from the top. Ubisoft the, will exist in this form in three years? Yeah, Not in this. Yeah. Well, yeah, three they can years. Out yeah. For a while, I think. Yeah. One thing that's gonna have to happen is at this point. I don't think it could be any more clear that the 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 Gimo family is has to go has to fucking go okay. right their control Derek. over the company has been poisonous and it's only gotten worse when did um, he get when did he take leadership 
long time ago. He's it's been, been there for a, a while. Time. Like, but it, Derek, it's, I just want to point out it's Guillemot, not Gimo. Okay. What? It's Guillemot. Are it's you not, fucking it, kidding me? No. Yes, yes, no. I am 100% kidding. I was like, you. it's fucking Gimo. <laughs> you, 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 you shithead. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, like at this point, it has become like people used to love Eve's Gimo. Um, you know, and used to love some of the games that that he was attached to back in the day. He's not a dev though, right? He, like he's just a guy who. He's owns just a guy, a, yeah. He's like a well, he he produced a lot of well, like so so because I remember he kind like of has the same energy as what Reggie had, but it happens that he, Reggie's not a pervert, and this guy is apparently <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly, I miss. I don't Reggie. know anything about I uh, yeah. Reggie. Reggie's Reggie's a decent enough dude. Uh, I. I swear to God, I remember people attaching him to, but maybe it is just that he was a. Yeah, I don't think he's an actual business dev. person. But reg- I think like, he's just a yeah, guy. at this point, it is clear that he's as bad for Ubisoft as uh fucking Bobby Kotick is for Activision Blizzard. So and, they've canceled um, seven yep. games in the last year now. Yeah. What? What? Meanwhile, do we, think of what think, do we think of some of the seven projects were. Think do of we, some of the IP. That, that Ubisoft is sitting on that are Splinter going just Cell. fucking unused. Splinter Cell is obvious. Prince of Persia. Why is it taken this long for a Prince of Persia project to get moving? Because, because and, that game's not coming out. And that not remake's coming not coming out, but we shouldn't have had to wait as long as we waited in between the, the, the fucking Xbox 361 and now for no, that game to be not. real. Um, Rayman is... Yeah, is Rayman Legends what? is one of the best platformers. Ever Ray- made. Yeah, Rayman Origins and Legends are great. They constantly was re-release the, the old games. And when was the last Rayman game? It's Legends. It was twenty fourteen. Was it almost a decade game. ago? It was wow. re-released. It was re-released for Switch. Remember, it came out. It came out on the Wii U at launch or shortly after launch. It's something such like a that. good game. Great like, game. I can't. I can't say enough positive things about Rayman Legends. And we haven't. And the last time we've seen, and then we didn't see Wayman for about seven years. And then he appeared in the Mario Rabbids like season pass. And then he's gone again. Yeah, like, they had what, a they had a what, great they had a great indie publishing arm, right? That they put out weird stuff like they've got like, an indie game Go home out next year. White. This year, um, even Valiant Hearts Two, that war fun, that war game. Oh yeah, it comes out this year, but it's a mobile oh, game. It's Child a of White was game. such a good fucking game. Don't give like, a shit. Don't give a shit about child- mobile games. Child of Light was awesome. Child of Light uh, was fantastic. Valiant yeah. Hearts was fucking great. Um, what a unique game that was. Trials. And they're just they've sat on trials for like five years now. They own the Might and Magic license. Yeah, you told what me. Are that a doing, while what back. are they doing? What are they doing with Might and Magic? They own Driver. <laughs> like, yeah. what do we? What do we do? What? So something's. I, I, somebody's lost the list inside Ubisoft of games they own. Yeah, and they've just scrolled on a whiteboard, Assassin's Creed and Far Cry, and that's all they can remember, because the- there's no world in which you can have South Park and not have made a third game. Yeah, the only company I've seen pull off the kind of turnaround that Ubisoft honestly needs to pull off is Capcom and Square. And um... <laughs> I mean, dude, I Final Fantasy fourteen saved that company. That's diff. That's. So I think Square is in a drastically different situation than Ubisoft, and I don't think that you can compare. Um, like Square at their lowest point has never been in as bad a shape as Capcom was. Yeah, at the point. lowest point, and Ubisoft is had, now. At the lowest point, they've always had Final Fantasy VII. Capcom, of Capcom was like months 
from being shuttering. I don't know, yeah, like bankrupt or like selling out. They were, like, they were, they were in bad shape. Didn't they they declare. I don't remember them declaring, but oh. uh, it was. I think Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite okay, was that. Stop. Was that that uh, might have been lowest it. point? That might have been the lowest point for them. Mm-hmm. I think that I, I think it was I, terrible. I remember them. Um... Wait, what? What game was terrible? Marvel vs. Capcom. I want you Infinite. to shut the fuck up, no, John. Infinite. Infinite. Infinite was the best fighting no. game released on the PlayStation Four. No, you no no. Just, no. I just like yes. I just it, it was so fucking bad. It, it looks messy. It is easily, from a gameplay perspective, one of the best fighting yeah, games we saw. Yeah, you've never played a fighting game before. Yes, no. It is. Look, look at me. I used to play. MVC3 competitively. Like, you yeah, gotta listen to me so on this. surprising to me. Infinite <laughs> was fucking good. It just looked fucking bad and had Look, even questionable Tara, roster choices. Terra is trying to get away from your this terrible <laughs> I am gonna film. defend like, Marvel vs. Capcom is Infinite. I defend, I defend a, a king. So, Derek, I got Thank you. Thank you. I will always trust Derek on uh, fighting games and mecha the games. Gays stick together. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, my wife shurikened chocolate at me through the bottom of the door. <laughs> Do so. you? Yeah, you seemed very kind of, annoyed by it. What kind of? I, I would it not be annoyed so by my wife throwing chocolate. She flung them like like out of a slingshot. Do you guys think that Ubisoft's caught like, in a precipice between to the being? Point that I texted you like I was like, are you okay? <laughs> I saw him flinch. I was like, ah, uh, might be a dog or something. I didn't think it was chocolate. Do you guys think that Ubisoft is currently teetering between being Capcom coming back and Atari? And well, we know what happened to Atari. Like, um, I, I don't think they're like in the. I don't think they're in da- like the kind of danger that Capcom. Do you was. think they're in the I danger mean, of being bought soon? The thing no. with Ubisoft is like when everything else is falling apart, they still have Assassin's Creed, which is one yep. of the biggest franchises on the. That's planet. why they announced like eight million Assassin's Creed so things like, because yeah. they're. Yeah. They like, need that franchise fails, to They save can just them. triple down on that, and even if they have to lay off thousands of people, they, they will see it through on the back of Assassin's Worst Creed. Worst it comes somehow. to worst, they release a port, uh, uh, like a remaster of Assassin's Creed 4, the last Assassin's Creed guy, pop Assassin's Creed game people loved. Like, that was just about the Assassins, and they, they're waking the money. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't. I, I, yeah, I like. I don't see anything happening to to Ubisoft from like a. I don't think they're gonna. They're not gonna get sold. Um, now ask me in know, three they're... to five years. Mm. But I right. don't. Yeah, I I could see. I could see a Sony p- picking them up once they are in that situation because Sony at this stage, from what we know, are kind of desperate to get what they can, considering Microsoft is. Basically, yeah, moving but, up the industry, right? But like, also, I don't really see, like. We haven't really seen what that's exact what that's done for Microsoft yet, because they're yeah, still we not, won't know for years. Sony's still the, selling every PS5 they yeah, make, so like, I don't. They're think not. They need and, to. And this is a great mean, transition yeah. point. Yeah, so, let's do it. Talking about Microsoft hoovering up the entire industry, and yet Microsoft just announced they're laying off ten thousand people. Did it you, went from blow to suck. Before now, we go into this, did you guys see the statement, I don't know if it was before or afterwards, from Phil Spencer that was all about cancel culture or something? And what? it was the most, it, it was the weirdest statement wait, in the wait, world. Wait, 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 I'm wait, not, hold on. I'm going to leave that one fucking be and see what happens from it. I'm not. Phil Spencer hmm. is a, a fucking guy, right? <laughs> like <laughs> Phil Spencer exists. Mm-hmm. I... 
it's weirdly out of character for him. He says he says something about culture of like criticism and cancellation. Yeah, it's just it's and, true. It's the well, weirdest. No, yeah, I, I I think he might. I mean, is he talking about like canceling games? Like that's he, what some people are saying he might have said or meant. It doesn't. The problem is it grammatically doesn't make a ton games. of sense. I'm well, that's part of it. Let's go through the top. So, what's the topic, Derek? What's the news story? Well, the news story is Microsoft, and and the tech sector broadly, but like no. Microsoft in, is is the important player for us. Um, Microsoft laying off ten thousand employees. We don't know how many of those have to do with the gaming division or other divisions because it's Microsoft like as a whole. But it's it's definitely very weird and very frustrating to see Microsoft buying up all these gaming companies um and then we get the whiplash of well they're standing out of the way for unionizing which is like undisputably a good thing but then they're going to turn around and lay off you know again 10,000 people they were partly like, completely gutted sweet boy and that too um, yeah i i'll just follow up on that and get my piece out of the way as well at the same time i guess um, so it, yeah, it was 10,000 across Microsoft. We know, uh, there's been rumors of numbers. I've heard somewhere like 60 or three, four, three, but we know the bulk of the ones in the Xbox division were at three, four, three, uh, you know, who, who shipped Halo infinite recently. And then, um, Bethesda game studios, uh, where, where they, the hardest hit again, we don't know the numbers, but, uh, to me, what stood out from this whole thing is, okay. Uh, there was a lot of rumors and I'm not going to get into that. I'm, you you guys all know, I, I'm not one to believe mm. like insiders and leaks and stuff like that. There was a lot of shit flying around about 343 and Halo. I'm not going to even touch that. Um, yeah, the thing is, like, be, the, the, way, the way that this was announced, it is very, it's so transparently, uh, like we talked about, and there's been people talking about, like, a lot of these tech companies, they just do a strict revenue per employee calculation. And if that is too low, they will just fire a bunch of employees so that the revenue per employee glows up. And the fact that they announced the Xbox layoffs along with the rest of the company makes it clear it has nothing to do with your game. It has nothing to do with it underperforming. It has nothing to do with how you're delivering follow-ups. They said, you know, Microsoft and organization needs to let go this many people to save some costs. We need to get some go from the Xbox division. Who are two of the biggest studios we have? It's 343 and Bethesda. They both got hundreds of employees. They can't um, touch Activision yet, right? I'm not No, yeah, they, they can't they can't even like talk to Activision until that deal closes. Well, um, yeah. But it, it's it's also super frustrating because the optics are so fucking bad when you just dropped 60 or 70 billion dollars to acquire some of the biggest studios on the planet and you're like talking to fucking uh, whatever dave at 343 sorry dave you've been here 10 years <laughs> but you got to go because activision is coming in and we got to make room for them like it was a show yesterday that was watching it was so it felt long because I'm watching it and I'm like, I mean, half those people might not even be there anymore. Like, yeah, it's something about it. Just it's I mean, every single layoff feels icky, but something about this one feels particularly icky as Jeff was like leading towards. Yeah, well, and it's frustrating because it's part of a broader trend going on in the tech sector, like as a whole right now, which is just mass layoffs across all of these tech companies. And it's, there's a lot of reasons behind it, but by and large, it boils down to, as, as, as Jeff pointed out, it's literally just numbers not high enough, so fire some people. 
um, because, you know, interest rates are high. So, you know, the, the, the debt that all of these tech companies take on in humongous amounts now costs them way more than they anticipated. So that is a number on a spreadsheet that had to grow bigger by X percent. And to offset that, um, what that does to their balance sheet, they need to cut X percent of cost and a cheap way to do that. An easy way to do that is lay off fucking people. I mean, they're so that's... here the work recession and executives shit themselves. Right. Right. Like any CEO, I, I've worked under some weird people, let's say, and if they hear about money going down or the rec- or a recession, the first, their, their first response will be, okay, we're getting rid of half the team. Like, well, it's it's you bring this you bring yourself up right and like unfortunately we've seen this happen in in gaming media uh repeatedly this year and very heavily recently with the the fandom layoffs at like you know giant bomb and GameSpot and um like yeah. it's it's kind oh, of the same so thing i which was is... laid off in december from a smaller company but in games journalism just after they bought a major property which yeah. is, I know, I know the reason that I, I was laid off, it was that, but to see fandom, uh, and it was fandom, it was launcher, to see all that happen well, weeks afterwards is the most heartbreaking thing in the world. Yeah, and it's it's it ends up being, in, in many cases, the same thing, which is... Um, you know, it's bullshit economics, because all of these companies are making more than enough money at the end of the day. None of these companies are going under. It's just a way to to chase chase profit, cut cost, make number go up. At the end of the day, all of the debt, um, if they're in debt, all the debt they have is taken on by the CEOs who make stupid decisions. None of this is the fault of the employee. None of this is the fault of the working class. It is the fault of the corporate class that chooses to, I'm getting a bit, <laughs> preach here but it's well, the fault of the i mean this cost. is a show for that i mean the there, there, there are there are issues at microsoft right now that i mean that that, that you go clearly deeper even than microsoft what we're talking ceo about here. Like, satya nadella uh made 55 million dollars oh, for mate. the 2022 fiscal year yeah so that so we're we're laying off ten thousand people. Um, I'm, I'm and fifty five million dollars is how much the CEO. I made. know it's the weirdest sense of the world, it's considering everything. But I am worried for when Activision Blizzard is yeah, fully acquired to... and Cortic goes, Cortic uh, finally goes. Spencer takes over. Whoever he I'm gets alert. in, I'm worried for how many people are just going to get laid off. Yeah, because like what projects are they just going to? Well, I mean, yeah, I'm, like people. Every acquisition has, um, you know, I'm not in the games industry, but I work for a large company. We acquire like several companies here. Like people, uh, there's just not space for everyone. They, it's like the easy one is you, you get the deal to close, and then very quickly they will say, oh yeah, these people do need to go. We already have these people. We already have people filling these roles, and a lot of people will just leave because their current role doesn't exist anymore, and they don't like their new runs. So. Um, it's, it's, Microsoft has a lot of fucking work to do. We've talked about it to death, but, um, they got a lot of work to do there. And... I, I, I don't, so Microsoft had a, I don't think this is slightly adjacent. Microsoft had a, recently a, uh, I want to say it was an investor's call and they spoke about, it was mainly the Xbox stuff. They spoke about sales last year 
and in almost every single field, they are down. They aren't selling what they what they think. They aren't selling as much as they were selling the year before, and I think that might be that might be part of it. They are realizing that to a certain extent, the only thing that's selling is Game Pass. People are buying these consoles that but they are he, making at a loss. The I think even Game Pass is tailored off a bit. And the so the, the get, unique the thing stats. about Microsoft in the gaming space is unlike. Uh, you know, like Sony has all people would be shocked what Sony has their arms into in terms of like even like medical equipment and things like that. But PlayStation uh, as a part of Sony is so much bigger than Xbox well, is of Microsoft. Oh, no, dude, and, Sony's biggest moneymaker is yeah. uh, is like real estate and shit. Yeah, oh, but um, but but like in terms of Microsoft, like Xbox is, I, I think, probably still five percent or less of their so revenue. According um, to the report, I've just pulled it up. Xbox uh, in general is about 5%. Uh, content and services were down 12% last year. That's Game Pass. And hardware was down 13%. So they make most of their money on like computers and stuff. Well, so like there, there is a there is a deeper issue happening. I in, believe I think, anyway right at, at, at Xbox Studios, right? Like you know, this week we've got uh, what was the number, Derek? What 10,000 people laid off? Is is, is that 10, how much? 000. It was? Yeah, 10,000 people laid off. Um, last week, or it might have been even earlier this week, Halo Infinite That's a lot of fucking people. Is, is is no longer getting any sort of so, um. Apparently, it was never getting story DLC. Apparently, that was just talks world around by insiders that somehow manifested itself into actual real stuff. Because uh, somebody in, uh, I think it's somebody about Windows Central. Well, it might was like we weren't. They were never working on it. They were pl- They were thinking about it, sure, but so they when, weren't working on it. Can I just ask? Because I'm I'm confused. Um, when we say DLC, so when they announced Halo Infinite, the way they described it, this was from 343 and Microsoft, was that Halo Infinite is a platform, like the game, yeah. and future future Halo campaigns will be like basically DLC or expansions within Infinite. Like you will not buy Halo Infinite two; it will just be there's a new campaign available in Halo Infinite. So when we say like they're not doing DLC. Are we just saying like they're just moving on to the next camp, or are we saying they're scrapping that whole? They are just system? they aren't doing any like smaller expansion, so they're not gonna. Okay. You're not gonna get a Last of Us Left Behind for Halo Infinite, whatever that'd be. You're getting what the equivalent of Halo Seven, but in probably in the Halo Infinite, you know, platform. But something like uh, it's, about it's Infinite the, is confusing to me. Yes, the if, way yeah, that they tweeted really out a statement. Yeah. They tweeted out a statement just afterwards. Saying, "Oh, Halo Out Three Four Three are still together." That was it. That's the entire statement. Like, there's something not I was being said. So excited for Infinite. It seems so promising, and then it had it like it had a great launch. It I had good it. numbers. Everyone like most people really like the campaign. Everyone loved the multiplayer. But I'm a shooty bang campaign person. I, I interviewed like the creative director, and he sounded so excited, and I got so, and he made me so excited. And then the game came out, and I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I felt so bad. Because within a few weeks, numbers start going down. Well, and people seem to like people seem to start compl- people seem to start complaining about it quickly after launch. If I am remembering this correctly, well, they um, um, they they were hit hard uh, as well with with some stuff. Uh, and not to say that uh, there was obviously some mismanagement there too. But I think the one thing a lot of people overlook we had someone in the SDGC Discord who who used to work at three four three, and a lot of their map work and like levels were outsourced specifically in the Ukraine or Russia area. 
and when the when Shit. the invasion happened that uh, all that outsourcing uh i think there was some artwork there as well but largely it was their level pipeline for like multiplayer content and maps was essentially cut off um so i mean it there, there's multiple factors at play but i'm sure it's not the only piece i mean and a lot of the reports did say that most of the layoffs were directed at the single player um portion yeah it was team. most of like uh, it was yeah. like that area the multiplayer still very much in do you think do you think this year we're gonna see Sony do the same? Do you think we're gonna see Nintendo do the same? Do you think Microsoft's gonna do more? Because Google's just laid off a similar what? number. I don't remember the last time Nintendo laid anyone off in in huge numbers. Like I'm sure maybe it happens. I'm, Nintendo you know. from everything we've heard is uh well Nintendo Secular is how I describe them. They have Nintendo very... of Japan. Uh, which I, I know that Nintendo people are going to be mad at me that there is no such thing as Nintendo Japan. It's NCL, whatever. Don't give a shit. Um, the Japanese branch of Nintendo, the main branch of Nintendo, pays people above average. They have healthy working hours, especially in comparison to like the Japanese you know, workforce. Um, it, it, it is broadly a pretty good place to work. Was it NC of America where those stories came out recently, though? That was Nintendo of America. Right. Yes. Uh, and Nintendo of America is more subject American. to the whims of the American Silicon Valley kind of. They're it's not Silicon America. Valley, but it's <laughs> yeah, it's it's America. Um, the good the good labor practices seem to be pretty exclusive to Nintendo Japan. We've heard too many stories that well, we've heard a lot of weird fucking stories out of Nintendo of America for sure. Um, I worry, I do worry in the gaming industry in particular, like that if say. If if uh, Dead Space will, but if Dead Space remake undersells by year's targets, because year's targets are always massive. If it undersells by even a million, they'll just start cutting. Like, they killed Visceral. They just killed Visceral. Yeah. They were in the middle of working on a Star Wars game at the time. Like, they, 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 they're not. They, they are trigger happy. The entire industry is a trigger happy industry. We, as, as studios, enjoy just killing entire projects. Like, it, like it, it's just. Something, something's got well, to change, I mean, and it's got it, to change soon. You know, you, you know, it, so I, this sentiment has been going around on Twitter recently, and it's true. Like, you know, somebody had said, somebody was, you know, because I guess people are not happy with Destiny 2's multi multiplayer right now for whatever reason. I'm, I don't, I don't. People know. People ever but, happy with Destiny? <laughs> I, I they mean, must be because people be keep playing it. People no, they playing hate playing. It, play it. But but people were like, oh, this game is held together by, you know, fucking duct tape. And then somebody in the industry who actually makes games was like, if only you people knew just how many games and studios are held together by fucking duct tape. Oh, it's, it's all basically. Of like, yeah. Well, what we've learned up. in the last few years, especially from like Shire's book and, and things like that, is basically, from my understanding, every game's a complete disaster. It gets rebooted 12 months before it launches. And in the last six weeks, it all comes together and they Oh, that's it. how. All of these That's how every work. game is made. From every developer I've ever spoke to, I, I once spoke to a developer, I can't remember which studio it was, but they, they were talking about this random, like, object that was just placed in the room. And they couldn't get rid of this object, because if they did, the, the game wouldn't load. Like, but it wasn't relevant to the story, it wasn't relevant to anything, it wasn't a room you could go into, it was just that if you got rid of that, the entire game would break. Because games are complicated. <laughs> like, games are really complicated. <laughs> I, just, I think I remember reading about the story, it is, and they they put it they put it in the wall, right, yeah, so that nobody just, could fuck with it. I yeah, I, 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 that's it, really it, fucking funny to me. I can't think yes, of what the developer was, but they just put it in the wall so nobody could do anything. Oh, I mean, here's another one, and this is Fallout Three. I think it's Fallout Three. There's a monorail 
Now, Bethesda couldn't figure out in that engine how to get vehicles working. So that monorail is a guy with a hat on. The hat is the monorail. And he's That's just placed awesome. he's placed slightly underground so that he's running really, really far. And it, it simulates motion. So game that game the hell together. That's fantastic. Games are held together by like that's just fucking straight. great. Just because yeah. of the Bethesda shout out, and because we're we're almost at the end of the show, and we're we're going a little bit off the rails here. I I just need to follow that up with, um, you know, so Bethesda they couldn't get trains to work or or whatever. Um, they also famously have not been able to get ladders to work with like in every right. Bethesda game. Yes. a ladder is just a loading screen. So I need to know in Starfield, will we yeah. get to climb? Will we get to climb a ladder with the power of the Series X, or will it still be a loading screen? I think I think it's just a coding issue at this stage. I think I think I don't think the pilot's someone who knows how a ladder works. Like that's the biggest issue here. Like if you if you read the story, Shrier's book, as Jeff said, it's a great example. Of it the stories in it. But, like, you read them and you think, this can't be real. And then you, you like, if you're me, if you're, any, if you're me. I think I we thought, were all I, a bit, we were a bit more naive when the book came out. And now we're all like, oh, yeah, this yeah. makes sense. I'm jaded now. <laughs> yeah. but I, spoke to, I spoke to a developer and I was like, but is this real? And he went, oh, no, yeah. And I went, does it happen often? And he went, oh, no, every single game we've made. Every game we've made. We don't know what's happening. <laughs> and I was like, you, you just don't know what's happening. It's like, no, we, we don't know what, what it's doing to the code. <laughs> like, we don't have a clue. Yeah. Games games are a fucking mess and they also make stupid amounts of money but not for the people who mm-hmm. who make them and who who have to figure out how to put a, a monorail as a man's hat who is running through the ground. Like those people deserve those people deserve all the money, right? Now, like now for, I'm just thinking of the monorail episode from the Simpsons. <laughs> monorail. Monorail. Yeah. I mean, we had yesterday, so we had the Microsoft show, and Bethesda just shadow dropped a game, which is apparently incredible, and I've not played it yet because Last of Us. But like, it, it, games are magic. Games are magic. It's just that we. It's just that the shittier parts tend to rise up. But rise it's, it's the, the capitalism around the the, yeah. the gaming that tends to tends like, to be awful for people. All these indie. I mean, all these indie games, especially Unbound, for example, sounds incredible. Uh, but if that was published by EA, all I'd hear about is. It's the um, it's the fucking it's the like the breakdowns that have happened in the studio. Yeah. What I'm trying to oh, say is we should oh. all rise up because this 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 industry is miserable. Yeah. So 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 Britt, you said that when we ended the podcast, you were going to sing the the ending jingle. I remember that. <laughs> do you do you, do you remember that, Britt? No, I don't remember. You know, you remember I don't that? remember that either. I have, I have, I have a recording of us saying what? that. You know, what? you know what? You know what? If you won't do it, coward, I will. How? No, make Tara do it. <laughs> I don't know that we're going to convince her. <laughs> I don't. I th- look, look at her. She's, she's way too sleepy for that. Look at the sleepy girl. She is way too sleepy for that. All right. Aww. We have reached the end of our time together. Ryan, thanks for joining us again, pal. No worries. Where can people find you if they want to find you? God, uh, by the time this podcast goes up uh, on like Twitter, could be gone. You never know. Yeah, Twitter could be gone. Uh, I currently am a freelancer. I'm writing for various websites, Retro Dojo. I'm working on a big Kingdom Hearts piece, which is why I played the game again. But by the time this goes up, I may have had something else come in. So keep an eye on my Twitter for that. Uh, it's at ESP Games. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, if nobody has anything else, um, God, this is the last podcast in January. Uh, in February, oh, we're going to be playing uh, uh, Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line, which I'm super excited for. Yes. We're going to be playing Octopath Traveler 2. Uh, what else is coming out in February? Um, 
what other big releases are? Ha I feel like I'm missing one. I feel like I'm missing one, and I don't know why. <laughs> what, I mean, there's Res what am I missing here? in March? Um, but you'll, yeah, you'll have to, you know what? I'm gonna give a you'll shot. You'll have to get me in contact with your theater with them uh, contact because I am desperate to cover that game. What's that, Derek? I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out to Deliver Us Mars. Oh yes, um, the sequel to Deliver Us the Moon. That's gonna be a good time. Uh, Returnal is hitting PC. Wild Hearts is out um, next month. Wild I'm Hearts. Give, I'm gonna give a shout out to not a, not a big release, but Season: The Letters to the Future, which is oh out, that looks beautiful. It yeah. looks. Uh, I I saw it in the like a PlayStation showcase a while ago, and I actually picked it up at Fantasy Critic, and then I dropped it because I was like. I just it was a little bit of an auto, but like oh. uh, the reviews are really good. It it looks fucking um, gorgeous, and it sounds like just exactly my kind of game. I'm super excited yeah. for that. We're missing a big release, guys. Like a Dragon Ishin. Like, like a Dragon so, Ishin. So oh, right, right, okay. Yeah, I remember so that shit now. And so is uh, Return the to P Dreamland Deluxe. And so. the PSVR two. The entire console just releases next month. Yeah, that's going to be six hundred dollars. I'll never see again. Hefty month. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. We got good stuff no, coming. No, no, no massive triple A games though, but that's a bit nope. weird. That's fine. Folks John but, but Derek and John and Britt and everyone here, before we all go, I just have one more thing to say. Say yeah. it. Please. The best thing the best thing about being me is I get you all as friends. Oh. <laughs> uh, apparently Brittany doesn't agree. Brit's like just, fucking just out. Good night, fuckers. Oh.